Hey everyone, I'm Andrew, I'm an alcoholic. Hi Andrew. Um, so when I woke up this morning, I was excited, I was in a good mood. It's, it's, it was raining, so I was thinking, yes, the meeting's gonna be canceled, I'm not gonna have to do this. And then as the day went on, the rain cleared up and I questioned why I ever agreed to do this. Every time I give a lead, I'm always extremely anxious. Um, especially in this case because it's 45 minutes long which is not what I'm used to um, bunch of people I don't really know I came to Bolden a lot when I first moved here but then everything shut down so I don't remember anyone um, and then it's being recorded so everything I say is gonna be here forever um, it's not gonna go away someday in the future some robots are gonna listen to it after after they killed all the people and they're gonna be like man those humans were fucked up why i'm glad we killed them when we did um and rob rob is my sponsor he asked me to do this which i'm sure he's regretting because it's not even a minute into it and i'm talking about robots um but yeah so i got sober again this year on january 15th um, before that, I was sober from 2011 until 2018. Um, so I had some long-term sobriety, some things happened, and then I started back again um, this last January. So I guess to start out with, like my, my girlfriend now, like a, a lot of people that aren't in the program, they always ask me like, oh, what happened to you as a kid? Like, why are you so messed up now? Something must have happened to you. Um, but in my case, that, that didn't happen. Like as a kid, everything was great. My parents weren't addicts or alcoholics. No one in my family was. Um, nothing eventful happened except my, actually my first memory that I have. Um, I was almost kidnapped when I was young I was in the department store with my mom and I started crying when I lost her because that's what I would do as a kid. And this guy came up to me and he's like, hey, you lost your mom. Do you want to go drive in my car in the parking lot? But as a kid, like I was taught stranger danger, so, so say no to him. Um, you know, maybe if he was a better kidnapper, if he had offered me candy or something, maybe I wouldn't be here today. Um, but that's... Yeah, that's, it's a weird first memory to have, but yeah. Um, and then with my mom, I was always close to her, uh, which will make sense as I go along. Um, growing up, I, I always had these like alcoholic or addict tendencies. I tend to overdo everything. Like when I find something I like, I do it a lot, like over and over and over. Um, I remember when I was younger, I had this trampoline and I fucking love this trampoline. I would go on it every day after school until it got dark out. And my dad would always yell at me like, hey, Andrew, you got to stop jumping on the trampoline so much. And I didn't understand it. I'm like, dad, quit being an asshole. Just let me jump on the trampoline. It's, it's good for me. But it's like everything I would do was so excessive. Um, like even, even now when I'm not drinking, I do it. Like if I hear a song I like, I'll listen to that song over and over and over and over again until I hate it. Um, it's just like any kind of good feeling I take advantage of and I just, I just keep going with it. Um, and then my drinking probably started 
I, uh, I was probably 13 or 14. My, my mom always said it was the damn public school, the public school kids that influenced me into drinking because when I grew up, I went to a Catholic school and we went to church every Tuesday, every Friday and every Sunday. And then I ended up getting kicked out of that school, not for anything I did, but for like my parents not giving the church enough money and they went on to build this like weird Jesus amusement park, which which sounds strange, but it, it's really what it is. There's tour buses, they have a cafeteria, they have a gift shop, like they turned it into a business. So that's why I've always struggled with a higher power so much. Um, because after that happened, I'm like, I hate religion. This is all fake. There is no God. So I struggled with that for a long time. Um, and then my drinking, it just, I just basically wanted to fit in. But I noticed that when I would drink, I would be a completely different person, like almost the person that I wanted to be, but I couldn't be sober. I was funny. Everyone liked me. I got along with everyone. It was great. And I realized that probably the first few times I drank, um, that I just made so many more friends when I was drunk. So I kept on doing it. And then even if it was an event where people weren't drinking, I would, I would drink before just so that I could act that way and not have this anxiety or not feel this depression. Um, and then that got worse. That led into drugs, a lot of drugs, a lot of drinking. Um, so I think I first went to rehab when I was 16. Um, and then I, I went there because I had started doing heroin. I didn't, I didn't really drink that much. So I remember being an outpatient and I just mentioned like I had a beer the night before because I'm like, I'm, I did drugs. I'm not an alcoholic, but then they all like looked at me so shocked. Like, why would you even tell us this? Um, and then a few years later, I realized like, Hey, maybe I'm an alcoholic too. The older I got, the more I started drinking. I remember I would be in sober living and I could get away with drinking at night and coming home because that wouldn't show up on a drug test the next day. Um, and when I think about it, if I wasn't an alcoholic, maybe, maybe I would have quit drinking when I was in sober living. Um, but it was, it was a lot of back and forth, like in rehab, out of rehab. I probably went five or six times before I finally got it. Um, and then the first time I finally got it was I just had to be so broken down that I was finally able to listen. Um, the thing that helped me the most was not questioning everything. Um, I know in the, in the past, you know, if you put like some white powder in front of me or a drink in front of me, I've never ever questioned what it was. I just, I just did it. Um, because I would see everyone around me like, oh, this is working for them. They're all having a good time. And then it's kind of the same thing with the program is once I stopped questioning everything because I thought I was so smart, I would like look at all the steps and be like, well, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. There's not a God. Um, but it finally got to a point I was 
I think I was 21 and I was already homeless for a few months prior to that. Um, so that's, that's when I finally started to be like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and then throughout that period of sobriety, that was, like I said, 2011 to 2018. Um, it was great. I ended up having a few sponsees, um, that all, not all of them, but two or three ended up having a few years sober, which was great. Honestly, when I look back on it, um, that's probably one of the best memories I have just because like when it's such a great thing to see someone start from the beginning and start to get all these things in their life back. Um, I like, I get much more excited when someone else does well than if something good happens to me. Like if I get a job, I'm kind of excited. If someone like a sponsee gets a job, it's really exciting. And it's just a way for me to get out of myself and stop thinking of myself. Um, I've, I've never really helped anyone and then thought, Oh shit, I, I can't believe I helped that person. Um, so that's, it's my way of getting out of myself. Um, and then through that period, I started a business, um, actually had two businesses and they did really well. And probably around the fourth year is when I started to not go to meetings. And one thing you'll hear people say is that they relapsed long before they stopped going to meetings. And in my case, it took almost several years because I would, I would cut back on my meetings. So I was only going to two a week and then only one a week. And then I'd only call my sponsor every other week. And then that was once a month. Um, but yeah, that's, that's when, uh, it started to go downhill when it really went downhill. I think was when my mom got sick. She was diagnosed with ALS, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically it will just paralyze you. There's no cure. There's no treatment for it. It'll just paralyze you until you can't move. You can't talk. Um, and then when that happened, it was, it was somewhere around the five year mark, four or five years. Um, I was still going to meetings and that helps. I stayed sober throughout all that. But my anxiety got so bad that I like I felt like a crazy person. Like if I couldn't walk out of the house without having a panic attack, like I'd be walking down the stairs in my apartment and then I'd get anxious about getting anxious. And then when I was anxious, I'd get anxious about having a panic attack. And it was just it was every time I left. So I'm like, I I can't live like this. Um, so I went to the doctor and I got prescribed Xanax, um, which is everyone, my sponsor, all my friends in the program told me not to take it, but I, I thought I was special. I thought, you know, I can handle it. Um, I should have known way back then it was a bad idea because when I got this prescription, I thought, okay, I'm going to get this time lock safe and I'm going to put those in there so I can't abuse it. Um, so I ended up taking those for a while. 
um, which which helped my panic attacks. I, I was still going to meetings, but that was slowly starting to slip. Um, and then I met a girl. Um, we ended up getting engaged right before my mom died. And uh, like when when she passed away, she ended up getting pneumonia. So like we knew it was gonna happen. It, and it ended up being a planned thing. And the greatest gift that this program ever gave me was the day before she died. Like, I was never a good student. Like, I, I dropped out of college. I didn't, I barely went to high school. I shouldn't have passed high school. Um, but the greatest gift this program gave me was I was sober for about five years. So she saw that. I was doing well, I was working for myself. I also started going back to school. And the last thing she ever said to me was on that day, I showed her my grades and I actually had straight A's for the first time ever. So the last thing my mom ever said to me was, I'm proud of you. And then that that's something I'll never forget. And without this program, that never would have happened. Um, and then the next day, that's when she passed away. Um, and then from there, it was just, it was downhill even further. Like my mind, I don't know what happened to my mind, but my fiance's bipolar was starting to get bad. Like she was hearing voices, she thought people were following her, a, a lot of stuff. and. For some reason at the time, I thought it was a good idea to sell drugs because I justified that as, okay, I'm going to take care of her so she doesn't have to work and she could just go to therapy. And that's what we did. Um, looking back on it now, it's like, it's kind of crazy. Like I was selling drugs, I was going to meetings um, and it's, I wasn't, they say practice these principles in all your affairs and I wasn't practicing practicing them in any of my affairs um so that that went on for a little bit um and then another thing so the only reason like I bring this up I don't want to like tell a sob story but it's like I got so low and then where I'm at now but a few months after my mom died then my dad got cancer and it's just it kept going downhill like I felt myself slipping um then eventually after that me and the girl I was engaged to split up and probably about two months after that she committed suicide um and that that was that was probably the hardest part because when I got that phone call that's kind of when I just decided to give up on life entirely um, because at that point, you know, being in the program, unfortunately, you'll probably go to a lot of funerals. And I was like 28. I'd probably been to 30 funerals at that time. So it just, it kind of built up over time. And then at that point, I, would, I was kind of done. Um, and then I, I relapsed then. And then after that, it was, it was just all downhill. Um, probably a few months later, 
I was homeless in Chicago um, during the winter time, which which I'm very grateful to be living here. It's almost December. We can sit outside. Um, yeah, I was I was living on the train. I was sleeping outside, waking up covered in snow. Um, and then I remember one time I was walking in the street and I was with like, I guess a friend of mine and I'm walking across the street and he pulls me back and a bus just flew right past me. And I was so broken down at this point that I got mad at him for saving me. I'm like, that could have been it. Like this, I, this bus could have took me out. I wouldn't have died an alcoholic. It just would have been an accident. I wouldn't have had to think about it. Like I, I didn't want to live at the time, but I also didn't want to put in the effort to die or do anything like that. Um, so I went into treatment last December. Um, and then somehow I, two days into detox, I made the decision to move out here. And that was probably the best decision I ever made. I had like two days clean. I couldn't really walk or get out of bed, but made the decision to move across the country. Um, and then once I did that, you know, my, when I got here and I would go to meetings, I still had this ego where I moved all the way across the country, but I can't let these people know that I'm new again. Um, because I had just relapsed after having seven years. I'm like, oh, I'm at 30 days again. I'm not going to get my 30-day coin. I'm not going to get my 60-day. I'm not going to do any of that. Um, which is, like I said, it, it's just my ego getting in the way. Um, but when I moved out here, and I will say that my sobriety now, like now I can say I'm actually happy. I'm, I'm good. And even when I had five years, six years, I never, I was never really happy. I just, I would kind of just get by. I always said that I'm okay. So even though the length of time this time around is shorter, um, I feel like the quality is a lot better. And I moved out here. I went into sober living and that that was great um i i made the decision basically not to make any decisions i i met a good group of people and my first 90 days i went to 90 meetings in 90 days um i had this thing where i wouldn't say no if someone asked me to go to a meeting so sometimes i'd go to three four meetings a day um, having done the steps before made it a little bit easier, um, because I've, I've worked the steps, I've helped walk people through the steps. Um, but again, that, that was another ego thing. Like I had, to, like, I don't know everything. Like when I came in, I'm like, oh, I had this amount of clean time or I've been sober this long, I, I know everything, but I wouldn't be in this position if I didn't know every, if I knew everything. 
Um, so yeah, in this backyard, I met Rob, who is my sponsor now. We went to meetings during the week. We met every Sunday. Um, and then every Sunday, I would always want to cancel, but I never did. Just because I know myself, if I cancel one week, then it's going to be easy, even easier to cancel the next week. Um, so we did that every week. We, we worked through the steps. Um, like I said, in sober living, met a good group of people. Um, having done it so many times, I kind of had a good idea of the people to stay away from. Like in, in my sober living, there were like the group of cool kids who just kind of sat around all day and they didn't go to meetings. They didn't do anything. Um, so it's like the saying you'll hear here is just stick with the winners. So the people that I saw were going to meetings and working the steps and doing everything, um, that's who I kind of stuck around with. And I, yeah, I went to 90 meetings, 90 days. I finished all 12 of my steps, um, probably within the first four months, three, four months. Um, I've learned in the past, especially with the fourth step, there's a saying, if you don't do a fourth, you'll drink a fifth. And I've noticed that a lot of people they tend to get hung up on the fourth step and having known that I know that if I if I put it off it's not going to get any easier like if I keep delaying it it's there isn't going to come a day where I actually want to work on my fourth step I just have to force myself to sit down do it um and that's what I did every day for about two weeks so I was able to get that out of the way pretty quickly um and one thing I heard here is the serenity prayer actually lines up with the steps pretty well so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change it's one through three courage to change the things I can four through nine wisdom to know the difference ten through twelve um and I I always thought that was really cool um, another thing, so I, one thing Rob told me was you only have to change one thing and that's everything. So I I would catch myself doing this sometimes, or I've done this before when I tried to get sober, I'd stop drinking, but I'd still live the same kind of lifestyle. Um, and by lifestyle, I mean just kind of sitting around, not doing anything, just watching Netflix all day. And I was, I was miserable. Um, you know, I, I drink energy drinks all day, every day, and then I couldn't sleep at night. And, and I'd get mad. I'd be like, why am I even sober? I can't sleep. Or I'd be drinking energy drinks and vaping all day and then I'd be anxious like why why am I even sober I'm just anxious all the time I'm depressed so what I did this time around um I just I changed all of that um I started eating a lot better I don't drink energy drinks anymore just because I'm already a really anxious person like this entire lead 
Like in my head, it sounded so good. But then as I started talking, it's like I'm back and forth between this, this, and this. So I don't need any extra caffeine. I'm anxious enough as it is. Um, And meditation is a big one. So what I was saying before is my anxiety got so bad that I would have these constant panic attacks. Well, today, I don't need to take any anxiety medication. And I think a huge part of that is exercise and meditation. Um, meditation, to start with, it, it's hard. Um, I couldn't focus for more than a few seconds at a time, but the more I would practice it, the better I would get. Um, I, I look at it as it's just like a muscle. It's just like your body. If I haven't been to the gym in years and then I get on the treadmill and expect to run a marathon, it's probably not going to happen. And it's the same thing with my mind and with meditation. If I don't practice meditation, then I'm going to lose it and all my thoughts are going to be scattered. I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, But I've been doing it consistently since March. Um, And now I've gotten pretty good at it. I can actually focus for long periods of time. Controlled breathing that's that's a big thing at first I couldn't do it I felt like I was gonna like hyperventilate um and yeah it's a lot of it is just doing uncomfortable things like this um because once I do those uncomfortable things then I always feel better afterwards um like I I never really want to go to the gym but I know I'll feel better afterwards. I don't want to go to a meeting but I know I'll feel better afterwards. I don't want to talk to people after the meeting but I do it anyway and then after a while then I feel better. And the main thing about today, this has been nowhere near 45 minutes, but that's all right. Um is I don't have to change the way I feel, which was the whole reason I drank in the first place because I didn't like the way I feel. But now if I see someone else drinking or if I have a craving, I don't even, it's not that bad of a craving. Like I don't go down that rabbit hole of thinking how good it would feel because I'm actually okay with how I feel now. And a lot of that is just doing those uncomfortable things. Um, Going to meetings, talking to my sponsor, working the steps, exercise, diet, all those things. Um, And yeah, that's, that's about all I have. So we still have some time, so we could just open it up for the last 10, 15 minutes. Yep.